The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome to the Thursday edition of Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is my spawn, Jacob Matthew Alexander. Say hi, Jakers. Hello, it's me. Yeah. How's everybody's day going? Probably crappy. Well, mine did. No, actually, mine wasn't too bad. Yours wasn't too bad. You came home early for once. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a fucking 16-hour day, so I was pretty happy about that. (laughs) It was a 10-hour day. All right, who do you got for me today? All right, today I got a guy by the name of Daniel Koverbach. Daniel Koverbach. Kover, yeah, Koverbach. Yeah, that's close enough. Fuck it. Koverbach, Koverbach. Uh, yeah. Something like that. It's spelled K-O-V-A-R-B-A-S-I-C-H. And the title of this one from my researcher says, What happened when one boy had the courage to stop abuse? So, we've covered many cases of child uh, of children and teenagers who have committed some of the most horrendous murders I'm still impressed about that uh, one girl from a while ago. Which one? Uh, she killed. She mangled uh, genitals and all that. I can't remember her name. Oh, oh, oh! Are you thinking of the one like really early on? What was her name? Mary Bell. Yeah, something like that. She mangled uh, kids' genitals. She was only like preteens, I think. Uh, Mary Bell did that. Yeah, we did a couple like that. Yeah, this she brutal was one women, of the, man. Yeah, she was one of the uh, ones that are a highlight for me. She's just really aggressive. Yeah, no shit. Huh? So, some of them were so horrific in nature, we couldn't feel anything but disgust. However, some of them were so tragic that all we could do was empathize with both the victim and the killer. But we have yet to come across a case where we feel compassion for the murderer and disgust for the victim. Until now. So, before I get into the tragic case of Daniel... A 16-year-old boy who had the courage to stop the abuse? No one had a clue about the shame and guilt he had been suffering for approximately like four years until it was way too late. However, before I get into the heart of Daniel's story, I want to talk a little little bit about the stages uh, that he went through to get to where he is now. You see... So he was being abused since he was like 12, judging by how you said yeah. that? Yeah, uh, right, right around 12 years old, right. That's pretty fucked up. You're still uh, developing at that point. It's like oh, totally. It's like your key years. Oh, yeah, Like totally. 12 through 16. That's well, how you're, That's when you're starting to build your uh, personality. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. You're starting to develop yourself and, that's, you know, coming into your own. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. And being abused for four years during the years of your building or right. whatever. Your personality building. Okay, so, I want to talk about the stages he went through to get to where he is now, like I said. You see, Daniel was the victim of, a sexual, of, of sexual abuse at the hands of a close family friend. The guy he looked up to as a grandfatherly kind of figure uh, for his life. Words can't describe the nightmare he went through. The only people who he can truly uh, who can truly understand are those who have been there at, as victims themselves of sexual abuse. Been there, done that kind of people. Correct, correct. Like you know, I've I've never been sexually abused, so I really 
I don't, don't fully understand it. Right, and there's no way for me to fully understand. I can't say, oh, I know what it's like to be sexually abused you as know, a child. I don't. You know the theory of it, and that's all you can ever do unless you actually get sexually abused. No, no, correct. And that, that's with anything, you know, like, uh, you know... Uh, like, I could read about the theories of rocket physics all day and all night, but I wouldn't know it until I actually tried making a rocket. Yeah, exactly, that, exactly. A shitty example, but that's the best one that I can come up with right now. So, the first part of this presentation is going to run you through... Uh, well, I'm not even going to read that part, because this is long. There's actually <laughs> six stages of child abuse uh, of, uh, for, for sexual predators, and we, we're not going to get into all that, because it gets into some pretty deep psychology... Um, and uh, and it, it, this would be like a fifty-hour show, <laughs> you know. But I a, mean, a, essentially, yeah. an abuser will target the victim, gain the victim's trust, and they they also try to fill a need within the victim. So, uh, you know, if they need a parental figure in their life, like let's say they didn't have a father, a dad, or something like that, like right? A father or a mother, depending then, on the gender, right? Then they then they're going to fill that need that, that gets. The trust, right? Then, much like most abuse and abusive relationships, they isolate the victim. Then, sexualize the special relationship. You know, this is our special little game type of a thing, for lack of better a better analogy. And then, they maintain control over that victim for as long as possible. So, there's target. I already forgot the rest of it. Uh, there's target. There's... Uh, gain the trust. Gain the trust. Fill the need. Fill the need. Isolate the victim. Isolate the victim. Sexualize and the special relationship. Sexualize the relationship and maintain the relationship. Correct. For as maintain long as control. Possible. Because the, 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 the best way to um, to <clears throat> keep complete control over your victim is to isolate them from everybody else, where you're the only person they can come to for anything. You could also try blackmail too, but. Yeah, but this is with hard. a child. I mean, think yeah. about it, man. You're like fucking twelve years old. What are you gonna do? Um, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna tell, tell that your like, mom. I'm gonna tell that your. I'm gonna tell your mom that you stole a candy bar from Walmart. <laughs> yeah, I you know that 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 you really like Scooby Doo. And what the fuck, you know? <laughs> so that's more for older victims, but younger correct. victims, you can't really blackmail. Correct, correct. And we're talking about something different. We're talking about sexual abuse. So, sick of yeah. the abuse. A brief side note. This case has allegations of psychological and sexual abuse. However, those allegations were never proven. Therefore, for legal purposes, we must refer to the acts as alleged. If we fail to use the word alleged when we talk about this um, abuse, please note that it is implied. Oh, so it's implied that it is that it did happen? Unless it is did. implied that it is alleged abuse. Oh, because that's the legal ease that keeps me from getting sued. So basically, if we don't say, uh, this is our warning, if we don't say it, just know we're phantomly saying it. Yes, exactly. Unless, it it, unless we implicitly apply, hey, this actually happened, and it's actually been proven. Right, exactly. Thank you. So yeah, that's the legal ease that we have so we don't get sued. So we don't get uh, sued or anything. Correct, Amundo, and I do appreciate the legalese on this because God knows my mouth. You know, I'm going to get a suit eventually, probably <laughs> by the Catholics. Actually, the Catholics will be the first ones after me. Going, that's it, Vatican suing you, motherfucker. I'm like, yeah, kind of saw that coming. It's either going to be the Vatican's or uh, the Karens. <laughs> oh my God, it's awesome. All right, let's get into this. Now that you know the stages a predator goes through. With their victim, let's get into Daniel Coverbach's story. 
His story begins on the day he finally became sick of the abuse that he had been subjected to for four years. He was so fed up with the situation that he just finally snapped. He was done. We often talked about how every how everyone has a breaking point. Yeah, we've been go- we've gone over this. Well, not with me, but you've gone over this with previous hosts. Oh, right, every, right. Uh, every person has a breaking point. It's right, and we've talked different. about that openly here too. Is everybody's got their own breaking point? No matter how much patience you have, everybody's got a breaking point. They can only endure so much before they finally have had enough and do whatever it takes to end their suffering. Some commit suicide. Some fall into drugs and alcohol. Uh, some, like Daniel, get the uh, get to the point where they feel they have to kill their abuser. Escape through action. Uh-huh. So technically, the story begins in 2006. However, for the purposes of this presentation, I'm going to start at the end and then circle back around. January 22nd of 2010 started out like any other day in 16-year-old Daniel's life. His father, Terry, drove Daniel over to the house of their close friend, Dwayne Hurley. The 55-year-old man often drove Daniel to school in the mornings. However, within 30 minutes from the time his father dropped him off, Daniel had killed Dwayne by stabbing him approximately 55 times. Oh, you know, it's just your average day. Go to work and uh, thirty minutes, and you need a break. Uh, just stab your coworker fifty-five times. No, no, this isn't a coworker. This is the the yeah, older friend of the family. But yeah, uh, yeah. he drives Daniel to school. Stabs for five, fifty-five yeah, times. Just your average day. So, turning <laughs> to his father for help, after Daniel realized he had murdered Dwayne, uh, he was frantic. He's freaking out, right? He didn't know what else to do, so he turned to his father for help. As soon as Terry heard his son's voice, he knew something went wrong, so he rushed back home. That's when he found Daniel covered in blood standing in the street. Terry ran into Dwayne's house and found his lifeless body laying at the top of the stairway. There's blood splattered everywhere, across the walls, pulling up on the floor, and even onto the ceiling and covering the dead man's body. Wow, talk about splatter. Oh, yeah, that's a, well, 55 stab wounds, dude. You're going to kind you're, you're gonna let out a little bit of blood, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I feel like halfway through, you're just going to stop spurting. It's just going to start spilling. Well, yeah, eventually when all the pressure is gone, when you've got no more blood pressure, it's not going to spurt. Yeah, it would just start to spill, and right. eventually it just won't come out. So, when Terry came back outside to talk to Daniel, his son indicated that Dwayne had attacked him, and he was only defending himself. However... The truth was even more tragic. It would take several months for Daniel to finally reveal the horrible secret he had been keeping for the past four years. That's how long it took the teenager to finally tell his father about the sexual abuse he had been enduring at the hands of their, you know, kind of so-called friend. The nice guy who's driving him to school and shit like that. The good old family friend, a nice guy. Yeah, what a great guy. What a stand-up guy, right? Almost like a stand-up comedian. It's laughable how shitty his life is. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny, fucker. <laughs> like Thank you. One. The authorities arrived on the scene at approximately 8.46 a.m. When, res- when the responding officer entered the residence, they found Dwayne laying face down on the floor. Northridge Police Captain Alan Dent told the press, quote, To the best of my knowledge, he lived here alone. 
He made it clear that until they could investigate further, they didn't have any substantial information about Dwayne or his family life. But Dwayne, he had a little bit of a shady past. After Dwayne's death, uh, reports surfaced regarding his shady past. No, he was never arrested or charged uh, with child abuse or sexual assault. However, he was terminated from employment for poor work ethics. When officials from... Before you continue. Go. Poor work, work ethics. Would you uh, explain that for the audience real quick? He doesn't go to work. He does shitty at work. Kind of does a half-assed job. Ah, so he was just generally a bad worker. Yeah. Yeah, I was but, thinking it was something else. Like, he was in HR and he let pedophiles into a kindergarten. <laughs> They're fucking some shit. No, like no, nothing like that. But I'm sure we'll get more into the meat and potatoes of this. When officials from Avon Lake discovered that Dwayne had, was murdered, it came as a shock to him. He had worked for the city service department before he was terminated in 2002. Even though his former co-workers acknowledged he had you know, kind of lacked proper judgment, he was fired for um, accepting bribes from court workers. Okay, so that's where the That's the shady. Work, that's the shady part. He was just taking bribes as a police officer. No, not, not specifically police officer. I don't officer. think he was a police officer. He was t- taking it from fucking court workers. But, so, you know, yeah. they, they still liked him as a person, which makes sense. I mean, I've got people that work for me that do a shitty job. That's not the best. You know, I expect more. But poor, yeah, poor, like, poor work ethic, but great personality. Yeah, they're, they're great people. They, they try. You know, they're just dumbasses. It just happens. Honestly, I feel that. I'm pretty much of a dumbass. Yeah, but you're my son. You can get out of the dumbass. <laughs> Where the fuck did I leave? Oh, right there. Robert J. Burner was the mayor of Avon Lake at the time. He said that he thought Dwayne was an individual with good character, even though he uh, pled guilty to charges of falsification, bribery, and theft while he was a city employee. So then they start to investigate, and they're going deep. Like rolling down in the deep? Like putting your fist your, your fist in a fish's mouth deep. You guys thought I was going to say something else. Catfished. That's all I was going to say about that. We've been catfished. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, let's get back on track here. After the murder, the Northridge Police Department stated... They conducted an intense investigation into Dwayne's background. They claimed that their investigation went back decades, and they were unable to find any evidence or even a hint of sexual misconduct. They emphasized that the only evidence that they had uh, that they had regarding any alleged, you know, and I use that term loosely, sexual relationship was Daniel's claim. Granted. The investigators might not have found evidence that Dwayne had sexually abused another child in the past. However, that could be because no one else wanted to admit that they were a victim, which happens a lot with boys. But it makes but make no mistakes. It happens a lot with more than just boys. Even oh, we're going to get into that in the psychology of that in just two that. seconds. All right. But make no mistakes. They did find something that should have been that should have led them to believe Daniel's story. So. With girls, girls will tend to more often than not, after a while at least, try to get help. They're like, hey, man, this person's like, you know, trying to fuck me. 
And boys, however, because we're raised with so much machismo and, and machoism, that we keep that shit secret. You're not allowed to cry and all that. Oh, yeah. The good that, old bullshit. That's a shitty thing. Like, if you can cry, then you're allowed to cry. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree fully. Adjust that there. I got a bunch of wires, folks. Just bear with me. <laughs> I'm, like, tangled in wires right now. Look at rat's nest over here. It's great. Yeah, don't worry. That's just my pet rat. <laughs> You're disturbing. <laughs> I am. <clears throat> it's common for police to see someone's computer in this type of investigation. When they saw that Daniel, uh, that I'm sorry, that Dwayne had a computer, they took it in. Then, you know, kind of had it analyzed. And, you know, it's evidence. It was on the scene. Gotta use it. Well, what the technicians found tells me that Dwayne was indeed a pedophile. He had well over 1,500 pornographic photos, which included pictures of young boys. Those images depicted them naked or engaged in sexual acts. Hello, people. What is what is more? What more do you need? I mean, really? Um, Did you say 1,500 or 15,000? 1,500. Kind of small, but. The hell? How, how many porno pictures you have? I don't even want to know about your computer in your room. I well, really first don't. off, none of it's CP. And second off, easily at least 20,000. Y'all hear the silence over here? Now I just have images of what my kid's doing in his fucking bedroom. Could be 40,000. You know what? You're fired from talking. <laughs> I haven't checked yet. I'll have to. Uh, start I, you weren't going to skip that one, right? I don't want to know what you do when your bedroom door's closed. <laughs> like I told you before, I, I knock twice. If I don't hear anything, I walk the fuck away. Don't want to know. Could be 50,000. <laughs> So, did he have to have images for himself engaging in sexual activities with a minor or with Daniel himself for, uh, well, just a note to the press, I guess, for you to get that he is a sexual predator? And that's, and I agree with that. It, it starts with the porn aspect on it, of it, and a lot of times people want more than what they're visualizing. Hey, uh, fetishization, or whatever, however they pronounce it. You build the fetish, and eventually you want to try the fetish. This is true. That explains, you know, my my, my friend Squatch and wanting to run around the forest chasing animals. She wants to touch the roadrunners. And pet them. Heavy petting. Purr. <laughs> or at least trying to purr. Let me pose you another, another scenario for you. Let's assume Daniel was on was his only victim. Does that mean that he wouldn't abuse others after he had no, uh, after he had no use for Daniel any longer? He probably would have. It's kind yeah, of the, he would have definitely gone on. It's like a weird cycle. Exactly. Exactly. So, developing the friendship. When Daniel was 12 years old, he was standing outside of, of his middle school one day when 52-year-old Dwayne Hurley approached him and said, Hey, little boy. No, he didn't say that. I'm just kidding. Hey, little boy, you want to try some of this candy? You want an Xbox? It's a jawbreaker. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. The, fill your the man mouth. was walking his dog, and Daniel made a comment about how he liked his, how he liked dogs. Dwayne gave the boy a friendly response and went on down the road. It was a couple of days later when Daniel noticed the man and his dog again. This time, Dwayne approached Daniel and asked if he'd, uh, if he'd watch his puppy for about five minutes. Daniel agreed, of course, because I would too, because I fucking love dogs, right? And when Dwayne returned, he paid him 30 bucks for his efforts. 
Now, in hindsight, we can see where he's cultivating this friendship. Five minutes, and he's going to pay him 30 bucks to watch the dog to a 12-year-old. That's. I wonder how much that would be, like, per hour. You, no, well, you don't think of it that way. Think of it this way. Uh, what uh, would be appropriate? You might hand him, like, a, I don't know, a uh, couple bucks. Like a $5 bill. Yeah, maybe a five. Or you go, hey, man, thanks. I appreciate it. I really had to, like, take a pee or whatever. Or, like, a firm pat on the back, at least. Yeah, and say thank you. It's going to be done, right? But, no, 30 bucks. yeah, that's that's that right there. That's cultivating. Yeah, I can see that. So, thus begins uh, Dwayne's process of grooming Daniel. Daniel's parents, Terry and Donna, were suspicious in the beginning. They even went as far as to check the sex offender registry to see if Dwayne's name was on there. However, when they didn't find anything, they figured that they would just, you know, they were just overacting, being overprotective parents. I mean, you would too. They were like, hmm, that's a little suspicious, but he's not on there already, so. That's true. That's true. By the way, the comment I said about, like, how much that would be per hour, judging by, like, just five-minute mark. It would have been $360 an hour. It was fucking Christ. Like, yeah. I don't even make that much. <laughs> I make goddamn good money. Okay, so not only that, when Dwayne was first introduced to Daniel's parents, he told them that he was employed as a social worker. An obvious fabrication, but when it, but it opened the door for him because they assumed, hey, we can trust him, right? He's a social worker. Works if I recall children. correctly, social workers was uh, like gateway to a foster care system or something, if I recall. I can't really remember. Social workers come in all shapes and forms. They do multiple so, tasks. Okay, some so are really good, some are shitty. So it's just a really broad term. Okay. Yep. Alrighty. So. Sexualizing the relationship. Oh, did I skip a whole fucking thing? <laughs> I don't think so. I skipped a whole fucking paragraph. I did. Holy cow. Okay, starting the grooming process. It wasn't long after Dwayne asked Daniel to watch his dog uh, that the kid introduced the man to his parents, like I had said. After getting to know uh, all the information about him, uh, and he wasn't on the registry, they agreed to let their son go over to Dwayne's house and you know do odd jobs for some money. For the first year, they went over there with the boy, uh, which is how they developed such a close relationship with Dwayne. It wasn't long before Terry and Donna began to consider him part of their family. After all, he has such he had, he had such an honest, warm, genuine personality. Make no mistake, Terry and Donna were groomed by Dwayne too. Because, you know, he lured, he lured them in too. You know, getting them to believe his bullshit. He knew that they were strapped financially. So, when they needed household items and food, he bought it for them. Uh, he would also surprise them with gifts on occasion. So, he was basically acting as a financial supporter. Kind of, yeah. Kind of like how the shitty people on dating websites saying, yeah, I can be your sugar daddy. Kind of, well, more like he, he's grooming him because he knows not, what he wants. He wants that sexual relationship. And not literally what I was saying, but like, yeah, he's trying to financially uh, make himself seem like a really good guy. Right, right, right. So, Daniel said it was around uh, that time that Dwayne started asking uh, him some personal and intimate questions. For example, Dwayne asked him one time, how many different words can you think of for penis? Wiener. 
See, that's inappropriate with somebody else's kid, especially them being 12. Like, you and I make those jokes. How many words can you think of for the alternative as a penis? Well, here's the thing, though. You and I make those jokes, but, you know, number one, you're my son. And number two... You're 19. Yeah. You know, you're not a fucking 12-year-old. Jesus Christ, I'm 19. <laughs> the man also started using the bathroom with the door open, and if Daniel was in the restroom, he would uh, find a reason to walk by the open door. By this time, Daniel was 13 years old, far too young to get his learner's permit, let alone a driver's license. However, Dwayne started letting him drive the sedan if Daniel would let him look at his genitals. Mm. This is already getting fucking creepy. I'm just saying. Dwayne also owned a Corvette. That's a cool car. I'm pretty sure that, you know, you can see where this is all going, though. Dwayne told Daniel he could drive the Corvette if he could touch the boy's penis. I don't think I want to drive a Corvette that much to let some creepy old man touch my pecker. I mean, nowadays you might. You might, you fucking sicko. <laughs> then Not if I was 12. You're into that weird shit, so whatever. You're into that weird shit, too. <laughs> Only if it was a creepy old woman. Mm, creepy old ladies. <laughs> See? Makes me, think of, makes me think of Tammy's mom, but she's not creepy. She's just hot. Squatch is going to beat me. After Daniel was arrested in 2010, the judge released him from, the cust- uh, from custody so that he could appear on the Oprah Winfrey show to tell his story. During the interview, Daniel told Oprah he kept going over to Dwayne's house because he felt guilty. He believed he was, too, he was to blame for what had happened because... He had willingly exposed his penis to the man. After all, that's what started the ball rolling. On the days that Daniel didn't go over to Dwayne's house, the older man would go looking for him. When he found Daniel, he told the boy that he would let him uh, let his parents know that he had exposed himself to Dwayne, therefore making it seem like it was Daniel's fault that the abuse was happening. There's that's the blackmail. That's that's not that's the grooming, man. Yeah, that's the that, that's also, the control. Yeah, that's also considered uh, blackmail too. Saying this, that, yeah. Why does it have to be black, man? Well, fine. It's white male or pink male. Racist. Pink male. <laughs> Two in the pink, one in the stink. Ah. Reaching a breaking point. Daniel stated that it got to the point where he was being sexually abused every day. Two oh, weeks before, shitty. Daniel killed Dwayne. It had progressed to anal penetration. Daniel uh, said that... Come on. That's fucked up. Uh, yeah, literally. It's Daniel awesome. said that was when he became enraged by the older man and had uh, what the old man had been doing to him. Stop touching my stink. <laughs> <laughs> nah, alrighty, we're back. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty, so that's why we kind of skipped around. Now we're back. That's weird shit happens with this software, I'm telling you. All righty. Luckily, it was just paused, and I just tripped something over. And it was paused by me, and I'm a man, so it was menopause. That, I know that's not what you're trying to say, but I don't know what that word fully means, so I'm oblivious. Oh, man. So, on the morning of January 22nd of 2010, when Daniel arrived at Dwayne's house, he and the older man were talking about what Daniel was going to be doing that weekend. Daniel had a girlfriend, and it was their first anniversary. Daniel wanted to take her out to eat and buy her some flowers. 
Dwayne asked him how much money he would need for that, and Daniel said about 80 bucks. According to Daniel, the man insinuated that if he wanted the money, they would have to have sex. That's when Daniel reached his breaking point and snapped, just freaking snapped. I just wanted $80, but you keep trying to fuck my ass. Yeah, you keep trying to put it in my butt, and I'm done with this. <laughs> Any hoosies. He grabbed the closest thing to him, which was a, uh, happened to be a 10-pound jar of pickles. Half-pound jar of pickles. Yeah. Like, That's why I was asked about pickles. Okay. And then hit him over the head with it several times. Smacking, you know, beat the shit out of him with pickles. He was pickle smacked. I wonder if, uh, what's his name, put pickles into the kid's ass. Yeah, what the hell's wrong with you? That's hey, like, dicks look like pickles. You need or Jesus. Or pickles look like dicks. You're a pickle dick. Let me finish this. <laughs> Salty. You're not right. Silence. Grab something real quick. Besides pickles. I mean, hey, as long as you're not grabbing my pickle. I don't even want to think about anything about like Okay, wait, anyway. <laughs> After that, Daniel took out a pocket knife uh, that Dwayne had given him as a gift and stabbed him until the blade broke. When that happened, Daniel ran his ass into the kitchen, grabbed another knife, and returned to find Dwayne struggling. He kicked the man in the head several times before stabbing him until he stopped moving. That's a good way to, to quit stabbing, you know, when you, you know you're done, when they quit moving. Yeah, you just got to stop every so often. Hey, you still, you're still alive? Shink! Uh, yep, yep. Okay, let's keep with the stabby stab. Shink, shink, shink. That's probably a slur somewhere. <laughs> Later, Daniel told the authorities that he only stabbed Dwayne approximately 17 times. However... The coroner's report stated that the man had 55 stab wounds in addition Pure to the other rage. injuries. Yeah, so 55 stab wounds plus the other injuries. Because keep it in mind, you hit him in the head with a big-ass jar of pickles. At least, like, twice, maybe. Yeah, at least twice. He kicked him in the head. There's a lot of shit going on. But he I gave him a man. strong concussion and then proceeded to uh, give him uh, more concussions. Just sharp. <laughs> Which is understandable. I mean, he, he, he was tired. He's getting tired of fucking being molested and, and sexually abused. But pure rage. It's amazing how good of a feel rage is. No, and that that's actually true. I learned this in anger management class. Because, like, before anger management class, when I would blow up and and become, uh, you know, even verbally violent, I knew it was wrong, but it felt good. Because you're letting steam out, basically. It's like... And it, well, it felt natural. It felt like I should be doing that. Now, afterwards, the repercussion is I'm, a, you know, I fucking feel like a piece of shit. But at the time, it feels really good. So I can kind of understand that wave he's riding on. It's like a teapot, but where you cover the, but the hole, right as your anger peaks building, it's the steam, and eventually no. the the lid is gonna pop off. And he didn't want his hole covered anymore. So I, I totally understand. <laughs> his hole, huh? That's not right. That's not, I need Jesus. Name. You. So hey, a brief, yeah, a do. brief side note. I want you to understand something. This was the part of Daniel's story where I actually believed what he was saying. Don't get me wrong. I know sexual abuse is out there. And it's just, this is, it comes from my researcher. Hell, I'm a survivor of it myself. I was going to say, I've never been sexually abused. Well, this is coming from not the as mouth a child. Of, 
This is coming from the mouth of a of one of our researchers now. Correct. Correct. So you're correct. just portraying that forward. Just thinking, I was only abused sexually as an adult, and you know you got to pay extra for that as in Thailand. So, and you wanted that. <laughs> no, I can tell you some stories. Woo! Good times. Lady boys. No, picture it. Germany in the nineties and early two thousands. All right, let's see what uh, big pitted blondes everywhere. Let's see what the researcher has to say about it. Fine, I won't talk about ball gags and strap-ons. Kinky. However, I also know that there are times when people claim they were sexually abused when they weren't. And that's a fucking fact. I, I want to I bitch about something really quick. For Women, con- like, there's one that I can think of immediately. Amber Heard. Oh, yeah. Most yeah, recent that, is Amber Heard. Like he the most- sexually abused me. It's both the most recent and the most popular because it's... Everywhere on the news at the time. Right. She's sitting there trying. She damn near destroyed Johnny Depp's fucking career. All he, because she wanted to be a cunt. She basically did until. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I can't say that, can I? Because now Amber Heard's going to sue me. That's great. That's fucking yeah, fantastic. But, like, she she basically did ruin his life. And then now her life is ruined because her net worth is, like, about four or five million. And she owes him 15. Thir- 15, fi- yeah. 15 million. And I'll tell you something, man. Johnny Depp's life isn't ruined now, but it was for uh, quite a while until it all was, this shit got fucking yeah. taken yeah, care of. Yeah, it was for those few months. Yeah. For a, mo- for a moment, everybody thought that he was just a piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. When it's really it's Amber Heard who took a big dump in Johnny Depp's bed, which I'll tell you. That is the most wild thing I read <laughs> at the time, and I don't think anything could top it. I have had some women do some fucked up things to me. Fucked up like like just, stabbings and all that yeah like I've, I've i've you know been been stabbed been shot at um the weird shit never have i had a chick go you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna take a big old power plopper right in scotty's bed i'm gonna jump up onto the bed stand up pull my pants down do a power squat and just roar in pain as i'm laying out a fat I'm turd a, i'm gonna take the brown skydiving this year <laughs> <laughs> and i'm gonna blame it on the dog Oh, so, man. question: Have you ever had anything like that happen to you? Not, not like shitting, because you just said you've never had that happen. But like anything of the similar bizarreness, like bizarreness, bizarreness. I had a chick accidentally pee on me once, <laughs> and it was a total accident. She was humiliated, and, and I was like, "Okay, I need to shower." I mean, you I'm know, not- I was thinking I was getting one kind of juice, but you gave me another kind entirely. Well, here, here's Is that the lemonade? Thing. And we'll get we'll get back onto this one here since we do have some comedy into this shit. It's like, um, because you haven't you're still a virgin, but some girls can Thanks. squirt. And that's what I thought was happening because I'm not paying attention. I'm not like, you know, like focusing on her on her badge. And then she's oh my god, I'm so sorry. I went, what what happened? So, I, I peed. peed. I peed. And that was the showstopper. I went, okay, Scotty's gonna go take himself a shower now. I'm so sorry, I'm so embarrassing. You know what? Have you ever accidentally pissed in someone while fucking? No, never. No, not yet. N- no, not ever. No, not yet. No, it's never. You're not happen. dead. You're not dead yet. Well, if I die when I'm having sex, maybe that's a possibility. <laughs> but then they're gonna get the bonus plan because all of your muscles relax when you die. So, ah, oh, you stink. They're getting the Amber Heard treatment. <laughs> All right, we've gone on for a little ramble there. <laughs> ramble on, ramble on. I don't know the song you're referencing. Uh, it's a uh, uh, Led Zeppelin song. Oh yeah, I've lived under a rock for ten years. Let's continue. All right. 
Okay, there. I'm trying to remember. Okay. You should see some of the stories I've read pertaining to this very subject. It's true, man. I was going to say, the, the women are notorious. That's where I was going to go with that. For saying, like, oh, Bill raped me. Even Bill though Bill didn't do shit. Even though it was, like, entirely consensual whenever they figured it out. Or even that. I've seen ones where, you know, where they find out years later after a dude's been in prison for a few years that he wasn't even remotely close to her. She was just pissed off because, like, he He's, broke up with her best friend or something. Or he stole a cookie from the cookie jar. Yeah, it doesn't take much. Man. Women are fucking crazy. Not all of you women, by the way. Not all of you. Just saying a lot of you. A lot of you are fucking nut jobs. I'm looking at one of them right now. Okay. No, Love she's you. a Sasquatch. Love you, Tammy. <laughs> not like that, though. Take a little I'm tricky not, poo. I, I'm not into furries. However, I also know what it's like to be in shock. I've been unfortunate enough to be in a situation where my perceived reality wasn't absolute reality. For instance, I was in a car accident one time at Band Camp. Did you say Bang Canyon? Band Camp. Oh. I don't know which one's worse. After it was over, the police were on the scene. I told them that uh, I hit the other car in the intersection. When they did the accident reconstruction, it was revealed that the other driver hit me and three other vehicles. Jesus Christ. They, just, they were just mowing along. They were mowing the grass is what they were doing. <laughs> in my shocked haze, I thought I was the one that caused the accident because my car was hit. I, I felt an impact. Thus, I must have done it. It's happened to me. <laughs> You've been impacted behind there too, huh? Picture it. Italy. 1997. All the olive. Oh no! I'll work my way over to Sicily too. I'm just doing country by country right now. Rome or Greece? Mm, Greece was fun. Greece was Greece was a blast. (laughs) Therefore, when Daniel said he thought he stabbed Dwayne 17 times, but in actuality it was 55, I believe him. Not only that, I believe he was enraged to the point he was in shock and not aware of. Of what he was doing. In other words, he snapped. The only reason why I believe this part of his story is 100% fact-based is because it has never wavered. He has never changed the... The The story. Yeah, the story, basically. Or altered it in any way. And that's how you catch a liar if, if they keep changing it every time. Yeah, no, and that's exactly it. So, and there, there is actually a thing in psychology, you know, when when you get into an absolute rage, I'm going to say 99, because there's always that one freak who goes, I remember everything that happens when I've been enraged. So Yeah, but 99.9% of the time, you black out. Yeah, you're, you're not going to remember every detail. You're going to remember bits and pieces. It's, it's, a brain, it's your brain's coping mechanism. It says, okay, th- what happened, happened. It was pretty fucked up. I'm going to do you solid and put that in the vault. Right. I'm going to limit the damage that they, in, uh, you know, and, and the sights from your head. It's just like when some people uh, oftentimes, like, if a child is heavily molested and abused, yeah. parts of that will be blocked out of their head. And it's, it's a self-defense mechanism. So, it's, so it seemed like to the person that it happened way less than what it actually did. If at all. If at all, yeah. If at all. Because your brain's going, okay, if this person knows this information, it's going to cause a lot of problems. So I call that the vault. Whenever something happens and you don't remember it, even if you try, 
I just call it the vault. The information that's in your head has been vaulted. I have a lot of drug memories in my vault. Yeah. And I, I can't access them because I'm missing big parts of memory. Yeah, you're also missing a big old pile of cocaine in front of you. God, I miss doing drugs. <laughs> okay, so arrest and charged with moida. You're moidering me. Moida? Moida. Moida, moida, moida. Booking for moida. Daniel was arrested and charged with murder on January 25th of 2010. According to the reports issued by Lauren County Coroner Paul Mattis, Dwayne died as a result of exsanguination, blood loss due to multiple stab wounds. At the time, Mattis did not uh, release the information about how many stab wounds were inflicted. Even though the authorities arrested Daniel at the uh, yeah, Daniel at the time, there was still an ongoing investigation. So there at the time, everybody thought that was only seventeen stab wounds, like as the kid no, the, said. The, the, the cops knew. Yeah, the cops knew, but like but at the, the time, public didn't. Yeah, at the time, everybody else thought, "Oh yeah, it was just seventeen stab wounds." Well, I'll tell you, man. Seriously. Okay, think of it this way: here, if I said I stabbed Squatch one time. Okay, that's a little different than if I said 17 times, right? Still it's, both intense. He's, they're both intense, but when you get into 17 to 55, it might as well be 2,055. Like, seriously, because it's, yeah, it's, it's a multiple. So, it's so many stab wounds that you're like, Jesus Christ, that's a fucking lot. Yeah, your brain can't, can't function in that kind of a number when you're thinking of somebody physically stabbing somebody. Yeah, you only see them people like stab another person in like media like three, four, five times max. Oh, totally, totally. And, so, anywho, check this yeah. out. When they arrested him, they were still trying to determine Daniel's motive and what his relationship actually was with Dwayne. At the time, police chief Rick Thomas told the public, "Quote: The juvenile is a resident of of the city, but did not live in the same neighborhood as the victim, with whom he was acquainted." Daniel was processed through the North Richville Police Station before being transferred to Lauren County Detention Center. He was formally indicted on murder and aggravated assault charges on March 3rd of 2010. Remind and me what indicted means? That means they charged him. Like they, okay. It went to a grand jury. Yeah, I figured that. I just yeah. couldn't remember for sure. So when, when it comes to um, capital charges especially, it's got to go to, like felony charges go to a grand jury. And they're going to sit down, they're going to look at everything, and they're going to say, yeah, there's enough evidence. We think he did it. Indict him. to break his ass to court. Um, or they're going to go, you know what? This is kind of a flimsy case. This is some bullshit. No, we're not going to indict. Just fucking go get a donut. <laughs> go get a donut. Good day's work, everybody. Let's go get a box of donuts. Yeah, let's, let's go get a box of Krispy Kremes. Mm-hmm, now I want donuts. Come on, Unless man. you live here in the Portland metro area, then go get a box of Voodoo Donuts. Yeah, I've tried one of those when I was at uh, one of my previous. I have yet places. to eat a voodoo donut. I'm gonna have to get insulin and fucking. Yeah, you need you need to try one. They're really good. Let's continue. All right. Okay. Daniel was processed through the Northridge field. Okay, I got that. Okay. At the time, the courts ruled that he would be tried as an adult because he was 16 and thus old enough to be. Correct. I think the cutoff is 15, isn't it? Yeah, okay, I'm getting a nod. Yeah, the, 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 the nod from our, our researcher says, yeah, 15 is the cutoff. Yeah, when uh, when it's like at a certain point, uh, like certain crimes. Right. Squinting at the age is good enough for for some cases, like this one. Nah, it's really weird. I got some Asian friends. They squint all the time. Anywho. That's fucked. <laughs> You're fucked. But he wasn't squinting. 
I say that shit to my Asian friends too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I did. All right, before we get charged for being uh, racist, let's continue. Her nephew's fucking adorable, man. (laughs) On January 29th of 2010, Common Pleas... What? Common Pleas Judge James Burge told uh, told both sides rested. That makes no sense. Thank you. After that, okay. So, the judge heard the pleas. He he told both sides, "I don't even need to hear the closing arguments. Shut the fuck up." Yeah, he, was ready to he said he said he said they didn't need to hear it because he was already he was ready to rule. Earlier that morning, he heard testimony from Daniel describing the sexual molestation he endured at the hands of Dwayne. During Daniel's testimony, he stated that. Uh, when Dwayne said he would give him 80 bucks to celebrate his anniversary with his girlfriend, but only in exchange for sex, he rejected the man. He said, quote, I didn't like the relationship, the horrible bad stuff. I told him I didn't want him to touch me anymore. According to Daniel, Dwayne in, uh, then responded with, what do you think? I'm, uh, what do you think I'm going to do this? Oh, what do you think I'm going to do this for nothing? That was it. God, I can't read. Hooked on phonics, I'm telling you. You need to get your glasses replaced still. Yeah, I still got to order my readers. Can't fucking see anything. Blind. Deaf. Damn, a lunatic. God damn. You're breaking down. But yet, but yet on top of all that, I run a fucking company. I don't, I don't understand. I, I really, I'm not fit to run this company. Anyway. You are, but you aren't. That's when Daniel snapped, grabbed the pickle jar, and struck Dwayne over the back of the head with it. Although the man was stunned... He managed to get up. Daniel said, quote, I pulled out my pocket knife and stabbed him. After a couple of blows, the blade broke. So I, so Daniel ran to the kitchen and grabbed another knife to, and returned to Dwayne. Daniel stated, I thought I stabbed him 17 times, but I guess it was like 53. When Daniel's test, uh, attorney asked him why he never told about the abuse, Daniel responded, I was scared of people knowing. I was embarrassed, which that's what I was talking about. But yeah. With guys, you know, there, there's so much macho shit that... You're not allowed to cry and right. all that. Stop being such a pussy. Right. We're, we're expected to be manly men. And, you know, and to be honest, I'm a pretty manly dude, but even I cry, man. So if you're a dude, don't, don't be afraid to cry. If they don't like it, tell them to fuck right off. I've always wondered what the gay version of Don't Be a Pussy would be. Hmm. Don't be a drag queen. Ah, I like that one. Like that one, yeah. That one, that one works too. Don't be a bitch. After that, Judge Burge found him guilty of voluntary manslaughter and aggravated assault. And that's a much better charge. We'll get into that. I think it's a lesser charge, right? Yeah, very much lesser charge. Okay. Then he scheduled Daniel's sentencing hearing for two weeks out. Daniel's attorney, Jack Brady, stated, We got what... Uh, what we had hoped, which is, yeah, it's way, way reduced. At the time, the teenager was facing 15 years in prison, and the judge remanded him to the county jail until his sentencing. In a rare, unprecedented move during his sentencing hearing, Judge Burge sentenced Daniel to five years of probation. However, there was a caveat. So he's not going to get any prison time, but, you know, there's, a, there's always... There's always a catch. Catch, yeah. But, however, however, uh, don't let further, anybody put this in your butt. Furthermore, prior to his sentencing, Daniel's attorney argued for a lenient for a lenient sentence. 
He requested that Daniel be sent to a juvenile rehabilitation facility rather than prison, which I would have too. Like, seriously, I mean, the, the, I got so many feelings about this kid right now. Just, well, I, I'm just trying to read this as mechanically as I can. I got to be honest with, with everybody who's in studio right now because I want to stab Dwayne. Like, I got to be honest. Same. I same. I, I, yeah, I, I want to kill the motherfucker, too. Yeah. Although he was more of a son fucker. I did the, I'm sorry. <laughs> this sick, sick bastard molested a fucking child. And I, you know, you guys all know how I feel about child molesters to begin with. You're, you're, I know what you're, how you feel about uh, just child, children in general. Yeah, you, you don't fucking hurt kids. You don't fucking molest them. It gets into that a little later. You, you don't fuck kids. Yeah, you just don't fuck kids. Okay, so. There's sentencing. Okay, let me see. Sent to a rehabilitation center. Okay, we got that. Judge Burge agreed to those terms, and after sentencing, he remanded Daniel back to the county jail until they could find a facility that would suit his specific needs. Just prior to the sentencing, Judge Burge said something that I wish other judges would recognize, and that's, quote, Daniel was a victim, and it is understandable why he stabbed Dwayne Hurley to death. And I agree. I totally agree. Because let me tell you, I'm, I'm, see, I'm, I'm trying not to get pissed. But that dirty, rotten, fucking piece of shit, Dwayne Hurley. What Daniel did to him, to me, that's kindness. Only stabbing him that many times. I do. You are right. Do I you like that judge way more. Do you think you need a moment to uh, calm down? No, no, good. I'm good. After, after the sentencing hearing, the uh, prosecution wasn't pleased with the judge's order. Of course not, because they're prosecutors. They tried to file an appeal to reverse the decision and have Daniel sentenced. However, the appeal was denied. And then there was a minor setback. But there always is. It's the court system. Bureaucracy at its finest, right? A court system designed to uh, fuck over the poor or something. I don't fucking know. I haven't been in court. <laughs> in, in January of 2011, Daniel had a minor setback while he was at the county jail. He was facing charges for threatening to stab a guard. However, when he appeared before Judge Burge, he was honest and took responsibility. As a result, rather than charge him with another crime or alter his sentencing, the judge gave him a warning and sent him back to jail. See, I respect that 100%. This judge is kick-ass. The kid's been the kid's in a weird spot. Judge Burge, or if you know this Judge Burge, dude, seriously, thank you. You are freaking awesome. Yeah, the kid's been in a weird spot. I can't blame him for being angry. Cause... The kid's already been, and I say this literally and figuratively, fucked over. And this judge is, while you have to understand that the judge is doing his job. Daniel has to be punished. He has to have a disciplinary action. We all agree with that. But, but he doesn't need it as much as say a serial killer or serial rapist, right? Or or like uh, like like Craig Price breaking into houses and, and fucking stabbing whole families. Jesus Christ, that actually happened. Um, yeah, dude, I'll, yeah, I'll give you the episode. I, but, yeah, um, I wasn't there. But yeah, so I'm I'm loving this guy. By May 2011, Lawrence County officials weren't able to find such a facility due to the violent nature of his crimes. So, on May 5th. Daniel's attorney went before Judge Burge to file a motion that they would allow his client to be released on house arrest. 
He argued that Daniel's psychiatric interviews would not be effective uh, yeah, if they were t- if they took place in jail, which I agree because jail's that's that's high pressure. That's high stress. It's just a box. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. It's like a box for dogs or a kennel. Pretty much. And, to honestly, some people need to be in a box. Some people need to be in a fucking cage. But people that are doing like minor things, like minor theft of like two bucks of candy, but you like, know, they don't need to be in a kennel. Daniel but, stabbed this asshole, basically self defense. Yeah, he did self defense, and he shouldn't be in a box as a result. He was protecting himself after getting fucked. I agree. Literally getting fucked and figuratively. Okay. Judge Burr showed more leniency by signing the order, and Daniel was released on May 8th. He was required to wear an ankle monitor. Therefore, he was unable to travel beyond uh, a certain point unless he was required to visit his lawyer. In that case, he had to be accompanied by a parent. At Fair the, enough. At the time, he was, uh, he was, he was still been in school, so that would have been one of the places he would have been allowed to, I believe. Oh, it does? Uh huh. Uh, well, Don't go ahead I, of me. I'm jumping ahead. I can't see the script, so. <laughs> the judge also ordered Daniel undergo a psychiatric evaluation to determine what type of therapy he would need, and that's that's pretty standard. Yeah, standard procedure. Yeah. Not only that, he was also ordered to be assessed by North Ridgefield Schools to determine if he qualifies for an individualized education program. Um, that's an IEP. You had one growing up. Yeah. And I'm just going to say, special uh, education systems, utter trash. Uh, if you can't avoid it, avoid putting your child in uh, special education. I disagree on some level. Now, when you were... Down- I disagree in terms of, like, just general education. They, they taught me jack and shit. And that's it. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, when, when you... Uh, before you went to Nevada... And you were here, and you had an IEP with uh, Miss Rebecca. I was incredibly violent because of my home life. I didn't know how to cope, so at the time, I was only able to cope through violence. Oh, fair enough, but you learned but a af- lot, and you did well in her class. Yeah. But after I learned to cope with my anger issues, like two years in of being down in Vegas, I was still stuck in there. Because I, in terms of records, I was still a violent child. Even though by the time I was like three years in, I was just fine. And as a result, by the time I was in senior high school, by the time I was in, by the time I was a senior, I was still being treated like a fifth grader in terms of education. Oh. So most of my knowledge, luckily, came from the internet where I was able to research shit that I actually liked. Like stars and all that. Like I liked, I loved researching space shit. And porn. Okay, <laughs> that 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 was that came a little earlier. So, before be, before you start whacking off this Sasquatch porn, uh, let's no. finish this one up. Sorry, I don't like cryptids. Judge Birch stressed to Daniel that uh, that should he violate the terms of house of the house arrest order, he would be remanded to an adult prison for ten years. Talk about an incentive not to you know to be on your best behavior. Jesus Christ. Be on your best behavior, or else you're going into the kennel. You're going to go to the man's prison, and then you're going to have fucking Dwayne all over again. I I don't think that would happen, but then again, I've never been in jail. It would. I've never been in jail, so I don't know. So it's obvious that Judge Burge emphasized with Daniel's... uh, I'm sorry, empathized with uh, Daniel's situation. Because on two occasions, he allowed the teenager to leave jail. 
once the year before so he could go to Chicago for the Oprah Winfrey show. The judge stated at the time, if we can prevent one more case of abuse and prevent another horrible death, it would be a public service announcement worth making. And the second time was when uh, he could go to his grandma's funeral. So I'm liking the judge, man. Like, like, seriously, I, I've dealt with judges. I've been in and out of court. I've been arrested a ton of times for like fighting and shit and have to go before court. Because he was super violent. Because I was. I was super violent. Thankfully, I have anger management and it's helped me out a lot. But, uh, you know, oftentimes, a lot, not all judges, but a lot of judges are seriously just dicks just to be an asshole. But then I've had some judges that are really fucking helpful. Yeah, they're, they're just doing their job. That's how I see it. But then again, they are dicks. No, I, I disagree. I got, I got a story about uh, when I got a domestic violence charge from an ex-girlfriend who threw a lamp at me. So she threw a lamp at me, shredded my arm, called the cops. I was the one who got to go to jail because she was really small and I'm a big guy. And uh, so I'm arraigned the next day. I go in there and here's the prosecutor, the, the DA's officer. We don't, we want him denied bail or, you know, da, 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 and you know, blah, 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 on and on. And the judge finally goes, sir, 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 stop. Just stop. I'm looking at Mr. Alexander's papers here. He's fully employed. He goes, hey, Scott, if I let you go today, will you come back to court? He goes, yes, I'm going to come back to court. He goes, I believe you. He goes, there's nothing that says he's a flight risk. Nothing. We're going to release you on your own recognizance. This is your next court date. Get your butt back to court. Piece of cake. He was hella cool. But I've had other ones that have just been dicks. But I don't I don't fist fight anymore, so. Not with that attitude. You can always fist fight. You just choose not to. Actually, I'm going to box the dog. <laughs> Only if that were a boxer. <laughs> Sadly, she's just a hound. Okay, so. Both sides of the argument. Because we're running out of time here. The State of Ohio versus Daniel was aired on court TV for its entirety. During the trial, the defense team argued that while Daniel was still a young child, Dwayne began preparing him for what he had planned in the future, which is true. That's, that's the grooming. Remember, Daniel was only 12 years old when Dwayne uh, in, insinuated himself into the child's life. He knew that he would one day sexually abuse, rape, and destroy Daniel's innocence. And life. Oh, yeah. And, and, and life. You know? And since thus life. Therefore life. Yeah. The teenager was misled with offers of money, gifts, and special favors, such as driving the man's car, before he was old enough to do so legally. However, the prosecution maintains that Daniel was the manipulator in the relationship. They said that the young preteen teenager convinced the adult male to buy him gifts give him money, and allow him to do things he wasn't supposed to do. Um, hello, Lauren County Prosecutor. Who was the fucking, it just says adult, but who was the fucking adult? Like, seriously, the prosecutor's for Lauren County. I'm not, I'm gonna not even read this. What the fuck is wrong with you? Number one, how... The, there was nothing in the I don't kid. even know how the fuck they get that. What there, the hell is wrong with mind you, if I, heads? Mind if I? Go ahead, I'm just over here just getting yeah. pissed. There was nothing in uh, the kid's life. I keep forgetting Daniel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was nothing in Daniel's life beforehand saying like, oh, his his mother was a stripper and his father was a man whore or anything like. There was nothing like that stated. Then again, who knows? But there was nothing like that stated. 
So why would the prosecutor say, yeah, the kid was suggesting that he should be fucked so he can pay for flowers for his girlfriend? Like, there's nothing yeah. there stating, hey, the kid's life brought him to sexual favors. So what the fuck? Exactly. There's nothing that I've seen so far in this that lends credence to the prosecutor saying, oh, Daniel manipulated him from 12 years old. Really? Is that the best you can come up with, Lauren County Prosecutor? We Is have that like... the best you can do? I want you to do us all a favor. I want you to uh, quit law. Yeah. Walk the Wait. fuck away and go get a job at Burger King. Yeah, we have like a 14-year-old uh, kid next door. A little cool girl. And 15. I found out she's 15. Yeah, 15. Uh, so like around the same age. And I would. she just seems too innocent in a way. And it's like she's in a similar living condition in a way. Like she's being, she's around her parents, although father's sparsely. And like I wouldn't see her doing that at all. So that's just one example I can think of immediately. But like you, well, you don't see 12 year olds just saying, hey, give, give me $100 and you can fuck my butthole. Well, well you do, but it's, I don't think in, that's in, Daniel. But, in uh, life situations like Daniel's, I but mean. But you know. Uh, adults need to be adults, you know. So let's say that the that the neighbor girl came over and you know and propositioned me. Said, "Hey, I let you uh, touch my small tits for two thousand dollars." Wow, you get really graphic. Chill the fuck out over there, <laughs> motherfucker. This is a family show. God damn, family show, my ass. You know, I'm an adult. You know, I would seriously, and this is just me because I'm not attracted to kids. I guess. You know, I'd look at her and go, um, no, no. And now we're going to go talk to your mom. And I would talk to the nice neighbor lady next door. Yes, I'm saying nice about our Hispanic neighbors because we made peace. They brought cupcakes. But even worse, I'm going to tell this story here and then we're going to get done with the rest of this shit. So after they brought. Okay, so. It was the little kid's birthday. I know. I'm getting to it. Shut up. Okay. I'm just back from vacation. I'm sitting in the living room, and I'm admit, I'll am i admit that I had a few drinky poos in me, probably a gallon. And, Likely. Uh, so we're watching a little fiesta next door, and it's raining outside, and the the, the next-door neighbor girl, had the, the youngest one, turned three years old. And only one little girl showed up for her little party, and it was a, oh. a frozen party. So I'm drunk, and I go out there, and I look at that kid's mom. I go, because the kid was adorable. I go, okay, guys, I know I'm kind of an asshole. But that's but, the cutest fucking kid I've ever seen. And, and mom it, goes, oh, thank you. And said, you're welcome. So I come back in. And everybody in the house came out and said the same thing. Like, your, your kid's adorable. Yep. I wish that they had more uh, people over for the party. This was a really yeah, defining so, point of their life. So, uh, all that. the 15-year-old brings over cupcakes and a slice of cake and everything. Really super nice. And then I started feeling like an asshole. But then, okay, i got to tell you guys a secret. And then we'll go on. This happened this last Saturday. I'm getting ready to go to band practice. Um, you know, Jake is, is with me. We loaded up the truck. And I see the neighbor lady outside. So I go over and I start talking to her and what have not. Because she's got some ink. And I'm all, cool, tell me about your ink. And Ink means tattoos for and those that are And the little three-year-old girl is carrying a frozen ball from the movie Frozen. And she looks at me with those big brown eyes and holds it out to me like I'm going to take it and play with her. And broke my fucking heart. That's not playing fair. They were cheating. They, That's cheating. They, I can't. I can't be upset with that. Now, 
I just I, I ignore it if the baby screams. I just don't. That just no. And they've actually it, stopped being as much of an asshole recently too. Yeah. As a result. Yeah, it's, it's been it's yeah. been pretty good. Just yesterday, I brought over cookies to repay their kindness for not just the cookies, sleeps. man. Those cookies were fucking bomb. Yeah, those, yeah, I made homemade chocolate chip cookies. They were the best batch I've ever made. And I said, hey, I'm gonna make a little bit of extra. I'm gonna bring them over to the neighbors, and I did that yesterday. I give credit where credit's due, man. And Jake, this is his third batch, second second time of cookies. Although That's I second, did, yeah, I made two batches that day, so it was technically the second, but I did do three in total. Well. This first batch, they were good. They were they, good, but they tasted crispy. A little, yeah, crispy. They tasted a little grainy because I was yeah. still trying to learn how to do it. This last batch, I'm telling you, guys, my son's cookies were so good, you would smack your mama in the mouth to get one of his cookies. Like, how dare you not cook as good cookies as that? Fucking amazing. He gained fucking 300 pounds just on his cookies. Yeah, I was thinking of doing more today, but you said you wanted to do pasta, so I decided to save it for another day. Yeah, you know, fucking just easier. Yeah, yeah, it was either going to be cookies or biscuits, and I know that you like both. All right, let's continue with Daniel's story. All right, so now we get to questioning his sexuality. During the trial, some people made comments that questioned Daniel's sexuality. They implied that he had homosexual tendencies. He's 16. I'm going to address this. Every boy has homosexual tendencies. Every one of us. Even every dude has that. Like, yeah, you- and every adult. And, and I, I can prove it. Ask yourself as a guy. Do you watch porn? Yeah. Do you want to see a guy with like some flaccid little pecker going at it? No, well, no you that's see not some- self-fulfilling and not fantastical. Exactly. You, he has to have a 10-inch dick, unlike me okay, with my 2 turbo. pecker. Jesus Christ, I'm going to have to cut your mic off. <laughs> you are not coming on the show anymore. You're too much stress on me. Hey, just, you, you got to admit, I'm pretty graphical and it helps with the audience. Oh, my God. It helps give me a fucking stroke. They even suggested that he <laughs> had these tendencies out. from a young boy or that he developed them as a young teenager. Therefore, it was those tendencies that caused him to engage in the, quote, alleged Sexual acts did with they, the older man. Did they really just suggest that he got homosexual tendencies as a little boy? Yep, or a young teenager, and that's what made young him pursue te- the old, older man. Young teenager, I can kind of see you're starting to form, but like as a young kid? No. You never know. I, I think it could happen, but no, I don't no. think it's... that that. You're too innocent and unknowing of the world I would that think point. that if you're, if you're a young boy, not quite teen then you'd be more likely to kind of play, kind of touch and tickle with a friend rather than some 50-some-odd-year-old dude. Yeah, like, you're going to do it with, like, one time with friends. Say, yeah, that's gross. Why are, you being, why are your weenie so flaccid? <laughs> you're fired from talking. I'm going to cut your fucking it's mic so off. It's so veiny. <laughs> Anywho's. Christ sakes. Anyways, sorry. that's just bullshit. If the abuse did occur, then Daniel was too young to know any better. He was conditioned by a grown-ass man, thus he was 100% a victim in this case. These people need to step back and ask themselves what they would do if their child were in the situation like that. Would it be their child's fault? I mean, then that's a, that's a valid question. Would you look at your son and go, okay, well, Dwayne molested you, but it's your fault because you're a little fag? You is, clearly is, is that went, what you would you, tell your fucking kids, motherfuckers? You clearly wanted to suck his wiener. 
This, these people piss me off. God damn it. Lawyers, I swear, they're some of the worst people. They always go for stretch. It's not just lawyers. It's it's, it's, it's the public. Public world. Well, he was a gay and he fucking... Yeah, I, I, I've kind of narrowed it down to like the lawyers and prosecutors. Like They're always going, stretching for a limb and all that. I mean, just, uh... So, Dwayne systematically groomed the young boy into thinking he had to comply with the man's wishes because all the things the older man had done for him already, which makes sense. He gave his parents food, gifts, things like that. Just the fact that he let Daniel drive the car before he was legally able to is enough to get the boy to succumb to his will. After all, if Daniel's parents knew it was happening, they would likely be as mad at the child as they were at Dwayne. Yeah, user appealed to the young teenage boy's nature of curiosity that's how i'm saying it like general nature of being curious and, and plus all that. it's fun to do things you're not supposed to do like driving a car before you're legally able to 16 or drink or smoke a lot of pot when you're in high school before it was illegal in any state i know that you were into that oh fuck yeah i smoked a lot of weed dude Smoked a lot of weed and drank a lot of booze without your grandma knowing. My nope. grandma knowing. Without your grandma knowing, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I drank a lot of booze, smoked a lot of pot. <laughs> Let's not forget that Dwayne promised Daniel he would give him the 80 bucks he needed uh, so he and his girlfriend could celebrate their one-year anniversary. Rather than follow through with that promise, Dwayne made it clear to Daniel that's, that nothing in this world comes for free. Everything has a price. I think that it was a that it was a trigger for Daniel. He knew that he could no longer pay the price. Since Dwayne had been sodomizing him for several weeks or months by this point, Daniel may have been confused about his own sexuality. However, in that precise moment, he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was not gay. He was simply tired of being the object of the older man's sexual sexual blah. He's badass. Sexually deviant desires, and he couldn't or wouldn't take it anymore. He's about as straight as that knife was. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Except this knife broke. Oh no, ghost I'm gay. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I'm gonna wrap this one up because we're pretty knee deep into this one here. You have anything you want to add to it, chicken? I don't, I don't think... know. I clicked out of it already. I don't, I... Yeah, I don't think I have anything. My researcher says read the final thoughts, so I'm scrolling. Okay, one last thing. I don't think I have anything else to add, so I'm going to let you uh, go ramble on. I got to play that Led Zeppelin song for you. Normally, when I get to this part of the presentation, I have numerous things I'd like to add about the case in general. The catalyst behind the behavior or the psychology of the uh, perpetrator. In this instance, though, I think the case speaks for itself. However... I do have one last thing to set that I like to say. It's all—it's about damn time the legal system acknowledged that the alleged predator was in fact the victim, and the victim was in fact the perpetrator. The judge made a good decision by placing Daniel on probation and ordering him to undergo psychiatric therapy and counseling. It's going to take a lot to undo the damage that Dwayne did to him. However. With hard work and dedication, he can reclaim his life and better himself in the long run. And I got one of my, the, the researcher who did this one, I got her in studio right now. And I'm going to put something out for our listeners is that I'm actually going to try to get in contact with this Daniel kid 
because I want his story from the horse's mouth. Yeah, I was one. Yeah, I was. Yeah, uh, when... I'll fly him out here. I don't care. Uh, I'm okay. Yeah, I was wondering uh, where he was in the world right now, because yeah. clearly he's still alive. It was pretty recent, right? Yeah, it was 2010. Like, yeah, compared to most of our cases that we cover. So yeah, so I was just wondering if you had any notes in there. Can, I was wondering if there were any notes in there that no, we'll talk find about out. It. No. Okay. All right, we're gonna wrap this one. Remember. Send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check out the website at www.TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs. Just type in at BrutalNation to get the full story without any of my bullshit. Uh, maybe take a peeky peek at our uh, Patreon page. Every penny and every dollar does help. All lot. we're asking is at least a dollar, and if you can't do it, that's fine. That's fine. Just, you know, anything does help. This show's copyrighted 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. We will see you guys for our Freaky Fetish Friday. Bye-bye. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>